Everybody's like, that's the cleanest, most beautiful sounding audio. So as a safety, I think we should just go ahead We should ahead start and right there where you say it's the cleanest, most beautiful audio. That's What a start to the show, Jake. The cleanest, <laughs> most beautiful audio in the world. So we're going to do our pleasantries up front again and, and introduce everybody right now. I'm Jacob. I'm Noel. And Elise. I almost cut you off, Elise. <laughs> what a jerk I am. And we'd like to welcome to the show, with the cleanest, most perfect audio in the world, um, <laughs> our guest, Karen Sugar. She is the director and founder of the Women's Global Empowerment Fund. So welcome to the Biofriendly Podcast. Yay, Thank welcome, you. Karen. Thank you for joining the show. Yay. I was so happy to be invited. And then I was like, wait, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm not smart enough. I don't know. I don't know enough. Uh, but I We think have I tons of dumb people on the show. Don't even like, worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we had our friend Clayton on. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Clayton. You're Clay- a genius. Clayton, we love you dearly. Yes. And no, we Sean. Actually, we have smart people, but not everybody's a scientist or a doctor. They don't have to be, right? Yeah. We, we just we want people who have interesting, uh, who, who can bring something interesting to teach us something about uh, sustainability, about the environment, and also, and, and that that expands out to all sorts of sustainability, yeah. social sustainability and cultural sustainability. And, and, and uh, you actually have a lot that you can bring from that Yes, uh, that we'd love to talk about today. Yes. And her last name is Sugar, so she's the sweetest guest that we'll ever have on the show. So, Karen. We should have had her on our Sugar episode. Ah, uh, we had I a know. Sugar episode. Oh, Sugar episode. All right, start over. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, Third time's the term. Karen, how many, what is your, what, Jacob's not going to stop doing this, by the way. He'll start, he'll be dropping, like, sweet puns. And sugar puns and all there's because it's what well, he, he like can't it. help it. Well, as you know, as we talked about in the beginning, my name Karen is like demonized. So when I say it, sometimes people start laughing or they'll be like, "Oh, right. oh that's a terrible name." I'm like, I yeah. know, but I'm so antithetical to what they're saying about the Karen thing. Right. You know, so I fair. usually it, just go with sugar. So it's okay. Yeah. Sugar. So you yeah. just lead. You go, I'm sugar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I love it. I love it. Uh, no, but when we were talking earlier, what I love about it is she's a teacher. Wow. And, and yeah. she also, you, you tell your class sometimes to call you. Well, they just call me Professor Sugar, and I'm like, and they. That's and, the and coolest. Sometimes, and some, you know, it, yeah, sugar. it doesn't it? It's, it's very cool, but it's also like slightly like, is that my, your porn name? Is that a real name? Sure, it might <laughs> not be appropriate. Yeah, yeah. But right, that's really. also what makes it awesome, yeah. right? It's like it's on the line of danger. It's dangerous. Exactly. Ask no wow. questions. Yeah. Well, well, first and foremost, what part of the world are we talking to you? Okay, I'm in Venice, California today. She's why isn't she here hanging out in the office, right? Or we're we, gonna, I'm having words with Katrina. We should have you should have been invited to to, to come, come. Or we should have gone to or Venice. We should have gone to Venice. Would have been more probably way, way yeah, more enjoyable. We're in Pasadena. Fun. We could have set up on my front porch. People oh. go oh, by. All kinds of interesting things are happening. <laughs> that from would be amazing. Oh, minute. oh, professor. We, we blew it. Professor Sugar, <laughs> we want to get to Venice immediately. <laughs> All right, well, next time. We'll next do it time. again. We'll, yes. we'll come back. We'll, 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 we'll do it again. We'll yes. do it again. Is, is that, I, I noticed that sometimes the uh, when I was looking at the website, though, it says Colorado. Are you, uh, do you also have operations over there, or is that... You know, I lived in Colorado for many years, and that is where I founded the organization. And and then I moved to California four years ago for um, a work partnership that we had. And... Cool. Um, Maybe some well-being. I'm not sure the jury's out on that. Yeah, um, yeah. And 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 I I spent a lot of time in Southern California, so it wasn't like totally a, a, a crazy move for me. 
But, right. um, you know, on a daily basis, I'm like, oh, I should move back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. I, it's really yeah. hard. I miss it. I miss it, yeah. but I love it here. But then, you know, here's complicated and there's not. And so right. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. I understand. I think everybody who lives here has that. It's the I back know. and forth, the waffling of like, I love it here, mm-hmm. but I miss seasons. I yearn for maybe a little calmer life sometimes, you know? And I really like some better public policy around social issues. Yeah. I think for me, because, like, I started, like, I've always worked in the um, nonprofit or the political arena with women and family and poverty issues, like, pretty much my whole life. So I worked in a homeless shelter in Atlanta for several years, and I've worked in a couple other shelters. And so the issues around the unhoused is, like, my wheelhouse And even though I work internationally now, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So living here, it's kind of soul crushing for me, you know, the dichotomy of having like the wealthy, one of the wealthiest, you know, states, fifth largest economy in the world. And yet we have this tragic homeless issue. And, you know, know, it's not rocket science. You know, there's no affordable housing. There's not enough mental health. You know, there's not a good shelter system that's actually interconnected. Um, even even a tiny thing like letting you bring your dog. You know, I mean, there yeah. there are things that that we could do. It's it, again, this isn't something we don't know how to do. It's just there's not the political will um, to do it. Can, and also, no actually... one wants it in their yard. You know, no one wants it in their neighborhood. No one wants right. to have services. And I, that is my biggest issue living in LA. I think is that yeah. issue. Can you actually talk for a minute? That's that's an interesting point. I think that that uh, that people don't necessarily understand is is the importance of having the the, the shelter be interconnected uh, with the rest of the system. I mean, could you actually kind of go into that for a minute? Because I I'd, I'd love for for you to sort of you know we have it. such a fragmented approach to poverty interventions. I mean, just in general. And I what I realized working in the shelter, which was my first kind of entry point into direct service, like in in mm-hmm. working with homeless directly with homeless populations, it was women yeah. and children. And I realize that we continually set them up for failure. Mm. Nothing's really connected. So think about this. You have a mom. She has a newborn baby, which is was our target population. She has a couple mm. of other children. She goes, uh, she goes to work every day at a minimum wage job, which will never enable her to take care of her family properly. She has to get up in the morning and take one kid to this daycare center over here, another kid mm. to another daycare center or school over here. Go to her job, pick everyone back up at 5.30 after working, you know, probably not a fun job uh, mm-hmm. for exploitive wages, and come back. She's exhausted, has a baby, and has to get up in the morning and do it all over again, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. she gets a Section 8 housing voucher that is for, um, you know, low income or or uh, paid paid housing, it's in a food desert where the only food possibility is a mini mart, you know, with, yeah. with completely non-nutritional food. Uh, and then, and there, it may or may not be next to the public transport that she needs. And, and it's just, we continually set people up for failure. And yeah. it's the same thing with the unhoused problem here. You know, there's no, it's not connect, the services are not connected. It's not fluid. It's inconsistent. There are breakages in the, in the service chain. And one city has this set of rules. Another city has this set of rules. Um, no one really wants to take ownership or responsibility of the issue. And, 
you know, it's, I said this to like my best friend the other day and she totally laughed and called me out on it. But I was like, we just all need to share more. Like, come <laughs> on. She was like, oh right. my God, no one's buying that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and, but I was like, you know, we need to share our space. We need to share our resources. We need to share our planet. And talking about bio-friendly or biodiversity practices, having yeah. large populations of unhoused individuals is not healthy for the planet. It's not healthy for a community. And there is yeah. an environmental impact to that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, and look, if, if if people if people have a way to get out of that situation, they're 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 generally going to go for it, right? Yeah. So if you give them some, you give them something that works that actually gives them a chance to to fight their way out and get yes. back into a, that know, has a been better my life. Let's, will, let's be honest; it's a better life to have kids and then a home and then a, a good job, right? Than to not. Let's then just pay they'll, they'll people decent wages, and and yeah. and and then the role, you know, the the number of unhoused, the number of people on. Um, uh, you know, the welfare roles, which I, I don't less like necessarily like that word, but, uh, you know, if we pay people decent wages, you know, these, we wouldn't need these things as much. I mean, it yeah. is important to know that there will always be a segment of our society that, that just can't really function in that narrow, you know, lane that we provide, sure. right? Some people, I mean, whether it's mental issues, PTSD, because there's a lot of veterans on the street that are homeless that have no issue, that have no desire to be wrapped in services and get back into a system again, right? right? Yeah. And so you're always going to have that, but that's a very small percentage of the unhoused, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, okay. Well, yeah. hey, you look. That was a bit of a tangent, right? Yeah, I, no, but, you know, I, but, I but loved it was a good, it. a good setup, I think, because that sort of that sort of helps us to, to lead towards your, your organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, if you could talk to us for a minute about about what you do, because it's pretty rad, uh, uh, and, and, and we want we want yeah. to everybody know about it. I love hearing the passion in your in your what you're sharing with us, and you can clearly hear how long you've worked uh, in, in, you know, helping people and, and working in this. So yeah, absolutely. To Noel's point, let's, let's hear what is the women's global empowerment fund. Well, thank you for getting the name, right? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, we're already like, you know, doing well. Um, I practiced many times before you know, the show. The thing is when I created the name of this organization, I was in graduate school and yeah. I decided to, I was sitting in a class one day, you know, half the students were sleeping. It was definitely a pretty dry film we were watching. I was mesmerized because it was about women in India in a savings uh, group lending kind of model. And I was, after working with poverty issues and gender-based violence issues, I was just like, became very passionate about this idea around microfinance and attaching it to other programs as well, right? And what the potential for that is. So anyway, so I'm sitting in this class and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I think I could do this. And I think I could do this yeah. internationally. I have zero idea where that came from. It was kind of like a moment of brilliance or insanity or both <laughs> or whatever. And yeah. so I decided, you know, I, I decided to create an international nonprofit focused on not just micro activity, micro lending activity, but literacy, leadership development, and health. Cool. Um, I looked around the world at best practices and created a model. It's very unique. 
you know, I, am I a big fan of microfinance? No, because I'm sure there are people that are listening to this that like know that it actually can create more poverty and indebtedness. And there's been serious issues with profiteering off the backs of the poor. So absolutely, I am microfinance's biggest critic. But I do think that when done well, it can be an effective tool at alleviating abject poverty. Well, I think it's just like anything else, right? So, so if something if something is corrupted, if somebody says, if, if you're you're told as as an organization and you're you have a corrupt organization, like hey, you have you have all of these microfinance loans that you need to give out. Well, look, you're you're already a corrupt organization. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna mess with that. Yeah. And you're yeah. gonna screw it up, right? You know, yeah. But microfinance will... could be could be fantastic because yeah. a lot of times a little bit of money given to the right person for the right opportunity changes not only their life but it it actually it creates more. More the finance spirals. It creates a bigger yeah. economy. Yeah, the spirals can be amazing. I think when the banks got involved and when, when people saw that there was a potential for profit, no matter where it mm-hmm. came from, got involved, that's when it yeah. kind of became co-opted and, and, and corrupted. Um, yeah. The banksters, as I like to call them. So, <laughs> the banksters. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, I, have, I feel like my, the model I created has a lot of integrity and a lot of intention to it. Um, I think yeah. what makes us, so what I was going to say is, so I'm like in grad school, I don't know what I'm doing, but I decide to do this. I, I have a board. My first board chair was like the chair of my thesis committee. I mean, it was just my mm-hmm. peers in grad school were my first board members. No one told me, no, no one told me like, this is kind of a crazy idea. Are you sure you want to do right, this? Right. Um, and I was sitting at a Panera in in Cherry Creek in Colorado. So anyone from all Denver the best will ideas come, come at the Panera, Panera in Cherry Creek. Panera. Everybody knows that for Panera, right? I'm sitting there <laughs> doodling on a napkin trying to figure out what I'm going to call this thing. And I came up with Women's Global Empowerment Fund. Well, you know, it's the longest name ever, and everybody messes it up. And you know, I have to say it a hundred times a day. So of course, yeah. I love it and I'm fine with it. But thank you yeah. for getting it right. That was a yeah, very long story to get to the <laughs> We point. love it. This show is all about that. We just okay. did take the time, get around to the story. I love it. If, it, love if it. it takes explaining the name to explain uh, what you do, then that's that works that works just well for us. But yeah. so, but you go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so I'm just gonna take it a tiny bit further. So basically we have a micro lending program Um, But we also have a leadership development initiative that's threaded through the entire program. So women come to us self-selected with a business idea in a group of women. So we do a group lending model. Um, There's right away they have to elect a chairperson, a secretary, and a treasurer. So for women that want those kinds of responsibilities and want to be leaders, which women are natural leaders. I've learned that in my work and take on that role really easily and naturally. And are really good at it. Um, And then, yeah. And so then we have, so we have this leadership development initiative focused through our entire program. We have literacy um, and then our um, health initiative is menstrual health, which, you know, I'm not sure how much you know, but period poverty is a global issue for women, but women in the global South, it is, yeah, it is a huge issue. So women and girls in the global South, uh, often use rags, newspapers, banana leaves. Wow. Uh, they wow. don't have access to menstrual health products, but they also don't have the money to buy them. I mean, if you are living under the international, which is just such a crazy poverty line, you know, of a dollar ninety a day, which is nuts because no one can thrive on a dollar ninety a day, no matter where you live, and yeah. you have two daughters, you know, or you have a daughter and yourself. 
There, there's right. no way you can afford it even if they are there for you. Right. So it's a huge issue, and that is so undignified. And it also has an environmental component to it, right? It's, sure. It's, so... Anyway, so that's our health initiative. It's fascinating. What we do is we have created a locally sourced, locally produced product. And we have 16 schools across the region that we deliver product to to keep girls in school longer. Because if you can, it's the third major reason that girls drop out of school. First is poverty, because there are always school fees. Even if it says it's free, it's never free. Um, Early marriage. Because once a girl gets to a certain age, and a boy as well, but mostly girls, they are expected to either get married or uh, contribute to the family income. And education for them is is sometimes not thought of as a priority. And then the third reason is menstrual health. Which is wow. just unacceptable. It's just, un- yeah. again, not a rocket science moment. See, I don't even right. have to be a scientist. Not a yeah. rocket science moment. <laughs> just like yeah. common sense. So our yeah. goal is to keep girls in school, you know, through high school, because then the opportunities are wide open for them. They can yeah. be civil servants. They can be teachers. They can be shopkeepers. They, you know, all kinds of yeah. things. And uh, But when they drop out at 13 or 14, their, their options are very, very limited. Um, yeah, and this, this takes place in Uganda uh, primarily, in, right? Yeah, in Th- northern that Uganda. That is the region that you're focused on. Yeah, which that, you know, when I went in in 2000. Yeah, that that in and of itself is kind of a nutty story because I had never been to the African continent and mm-hmm. obviously had never been to Uganda. And mm-hmm. when I was trying to figure out where to land this program, um, you know, I was I didn't know where to go. I was kind of thinking South America or Central America only because it was closer in proximity sure, yeah, a little sure, yeah. bit. Um, and, but I realized that, that they didn't need micro enterprise there. There were so many micro lenders there actually doing bad work, but you know, so I just, so somebody introduced me to someone from Uganda and I was, became very interested in his country and the civil, the civil war that had been going on for 25 years with, you know, almost 30,000 children being abducted to be child soldiers and sex slaves, um, And so it was one of the most brutal civil insurgencies ever that was mostly invisible to the rest of the world. Um, There, there was a group called, uh, is it invisible children? I can't remember. Yes. I remember that. That was it. They got a lot of press in the early, like 2010, 2011. They ended up being nuts and they, and they're, and they do nothing. Like, please don't give to that organization. It was very controversial because it was the money wasn't going to the right places and that the person that was being pursued was not, you know. Which unfortunately happens all the time. You you, you do have to keep your, your, uh, your eyes peeled and and look into to which. which, uh, organizations you donate. Yeah. yeah, and I think the thing that was so troubling is that they continue to perpetuate this narrative that the conflict was ongoing and yeah. that the night commuters and the children were still being abducted after the war had concluded. And yeah. the people in Uganda were so upset about it because that they were like, this is not the story. This is not an accurate story of our lives. And right. don't tell our story and be dishonest. And you know, when you are marginalized or under lived in an under-resourced community, um, oftentimes you are exploited by the philanthropic world. 
uh, by others, and they they tell your story. They show photos. They, you know, your images are exploited. You have, for some reason, poverty equates, you know, uh, that you give up your autonomy in some ways. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. And that's a that's a really tragic thing to see. So they were very upset about that. Sure. Um, but when I, you know, when I did start there, they were just coming out of this very long and brutal conflict and the place was the region was very vulnerable and very tender and you know, I landed and I was like looking out the window and I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" I was by myself. I mean, I had never overwhelming. Yeah, I had never met my program director. We didn't even have Skype then. We we only talked on the phone. Right. Really, and uh, you know, of course, he was an hour late to pick me up, and they make you leave the airport, and it was a lot of guns everywhere, and I was just you felt really safe, really secure. (laughs) Things were great. and I looked confused. I'm sure right. I looked like I was a big mess because I was. Yeah. And I was, my phone wasn't working. Okay. And I almost got in the car with this guy who was like, oh, I'm going to the same hotel. I'll give you a ride. My friend's picking me up. Okay. And I was like, okay. Because there are no taxis. There's right. no, you know, and I'm just sitting there. And um, I hear my mother in my ear, you know, saying, don't get in cars with strangers. <laughs> I was like, okay, but I have no choices here. Uh, Anyway, Bukenya, who I love more than any man on the planet, um, showed up at the end. I mean, I still have not forgiven him. I got to know, why was he late? Why was he late? What was this? Come on. Do you leave Professor Sugar waiting? Come on. (laughs) Literally, I have not forgiven him to this day, and I bring it up constantly um, uh, uh, to scooch him. But... Anyway, um, he's an amazing man. I mean, that's yeah. that's another story. That's I have the best team. You know, I only hire young Ugandans who want to work in their country and are committed. I don't hire white people. I don't send white people over to countries that they have no interest in. Right? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know it's it's also people who know the country know. The the agriculture, no, yeah. the system, you know what I mean? The it's language, like you, you, the cultural you save norms. a ton of time rather yes. than bringing in a white person who's kind of come in and be like, now where do I start? What's yeah. the infrastructure? <laughs> and how does this thing work? You know, like it's I, yeah. you're you're saving yourself a ton of time yeah. and a ton of wasted yeah. energy. You know, I get it. I yeah. get it. I'd be and terrible out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and also, you know, they're... She agrees with you, Jacob. I know. You'd be I terrible know. out there. She's right. Look, She's right. I'd be telling puns about really, her last name the whole you're, time. You're, yeah. you're brilliant. You're brilliant. Um, you can come over to Venice and hang out in my office anytime. All right. Okay, so we good. can be we can be here. We can be here, but, but stop not trying Uganda. to help. Stop trying to help the people in Uganda because you're just screwing it up. <laughs> no, I, so, so can, go, go ahead. I was going to say, there is this idea that somehow Westerners have, we know more, you know, oh, we for sure. have for sure. things, you know, so this is my, my, one of my adages, and I do say this in teaching a lot. There's this whole idea, you know, that teach a man to fish statement mm-hmm. that yeah. people use yeah. kind of. And for me, what I've learned is that these women know how to freaking fish. They just yeah, need yeah. a fishing pole and seas that are not overfished. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, they know how to fish. They know how to farm. So yeah, absolutely. In 2010, 
we started, because what I knew starting this organization was that for the North to have a healthy recovery, they had to feed themselves. Right. Um, you know, the global agriculture apparatus is so perverted, and it actually creates poverty, scarcity, and yeah. hunger. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I've worked in Haiti. I've worked in some really challenging places that should be growing their own food. Um, okay. And uh, so I knew that that was something I wanted to start. So, so we... Yeah. yeah. With with your with your microfinance loans. So what what kind of what what kind of uh, uh, projects have been started? Like what what have what kind of like I, this is kind of you've dug into something I'm really I'm really fascinated okay. by, which is once once you actually provide people with what they need to to build what they could actually use in the area. Like what what do we have now down down in, in you know. You know, it started out because it was just coming out of this long, brutal conflict that it started yeah. out with mostly like small stalls in the outdoor markets of like okay. vegetables and, and fruits and cool. old clothes. And so what they do is they go to a big market like mm-hmm. in the main city. They buy things and they come and sell it in the markets there or they nice. buy local produce or things from their garden. Right. Um mm-hmm. And then it turned into, you know, I'll give you an example of this group of four women who I was sitting on the floor in a storeroom. I still have no idea what I'm doing there half the time. So we're in this storage room and I'm sitting on the dirt floor. And I I don't know what the storage room is, except there are huge bags of like food stuff and produce and stuff. And so these, I'm sitting there with four women. And then I realized that one of them this is for the storeroom for her restaurant, which is in the front, and we came in the back. So these four women formed a group. Two of them have stalls in the market, and they sell spices um, and, and a few other things, produce, other things. Um, one woman has a, a small ag project, and then this other woman has this restaurant. And it's become, it's like one of the hottest spots in Gulu, Uganda. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, if you come with me someday, I will take you there. Okay. okay. Sounds and good. I'm so good at eating. <laughs> so <laughs> they they were talking to me about, I always like to know what their challenges are, where their successes are, you know, how has this program helped them? And they've taken out five loans. So when someone pays back a loan, they are eligible to take out a larger loan. Sure. So the, the one woman needed a leak-free roof on her stall in the market because otherwise you have to take everything out every night because it'll get yeah, that's wet. That's annoying. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Annoying. And yeah. so with one of the loans, that's what she did with her money, paid it back. Awesome. Um, Beatrice wanted to purchase her, the land her restaurant is in and the building. So she wanted okay. to purchase yeah. this. So the group took out a big loan. And when I say a big loan, I think it was $600. Um, wow. And, puts, puts it in perspective. <laughs> right. Yeah. And gave it all to Beatrice, who then paid it back. And then yeah. they took out another loan and they each, you know. So, um, what, and one of them actually got a leak-free roof on her home, which is a huge milestone in development. Because if you, That's yeah. great. If you don't That's have great. a leak-free roof, your house is a mess. It's not healthy. You know things like that. So, that, that what you said also opens up a, opens up, I think, an, an interesting point for our, our audience, which is that six hundred dollars buys the land that you need to to have your own space to do business. Yeah. So 
that's that's a that's a, a that's a that's a huge point, right? When yeah. we're talking about about supporting uh, an organization like yours, as an example, yeah. right? Everybody that, can make a difference, right? Right. Like, like our literally, average, our average right. loan is like sixty dollars. Yeah. You know, our yeah, average I mean, ag loan is a little bit more than that, but our average loan is like sixty dollars, and you can you know start a stall in the market. You can start a you know small cafe out of your home. You can do food delivery service. Um, you know, you can start a hair braiding salon. I mean, you right. know, you we have pe- women making microbrews. We have, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, awesome. wine, ginger beer, everything. Count yeah. me in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over that. But you know, he can't help them fix anything. No, no. But he can absolutely drink, drink. all drink. of their products. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm for a good time. Um, no, but you I was going to say. You will be <laughs> there. There was a statistic, and I don't want to mess up the number, but it was the amount of um, women in in Africa, or maybe it was just Uganda, that are farming and agriculture. Just the percentage of of women that are there that are responsible for it. it I remember reading that somewhere. It's eighty percent. Oh. About eighty percent of food production in Africa is done by women. Women are the food producers of Africa. They are the farmers in Africa. It's a traditional role for them they they're yeah. also brilliant at it and they're also the keepers of the seeds the custodians of the seeds right yeah, so awesome. when you talk about biodiversity and the pressure by big agribusiness and seed companies to actually stomp out indigenous seeds right they yeah. want to um they want monsanto wants to sell seeds to everyone Right. Uh, and they want to stomp out this, you know, traditional seed exchange, um, and it's it's mostly free. I mean, sometimes there's a small cost, but they keep these seeds. It's it's very. I, I don't even understand it to be honest. It's like a secret sorority that you just really <laughs> yeah. don't know yeah. how it works, but it works and it's important. Um, And it's important for the environment. It's important for biodiversity to make sure that indigenous seeds, wild foods, you know, different kinds of crops, medicinal crops, that they're all um, able to continue to thrive. And that's where you get increased nutrition, increased diversity in food. So a lot of times when people do look at food security, they only look like how many meals are you eating a day or, you know, right, are right, you right. less hungry? You know, we, we drilled down and did a survey and really looked at, are you eating more protein? Are you eating more diverse foods? Are you, you know, things like that. Are you eating more nutritional foods? Um, yeah. and that, that was really interesting, but yeah, women, women are brilliant, um, at, uh, at farming. Yeah, that that really blew my mind. It was a statistic that I wasn't prepared for. I mean, my uh, my experience of Africa as a continent and what I know is, you know, I've Which never is been there. Massive, massive. I'm, a, I'm an African scholar. So much African experience. No, I, I, you know, I've seen, you know, I've, I'm at least well versed in documentaries and and at least getting as much information as I can. But I somehow the idea that women were really the driving force behind the agriculture in Africa is not something I was aware of. And beyond that, like you mentioned. Here are thousands of years of traditions and recipes and the ways that food is cultivated and prepared. And then you've got some white dude 
coming in. <laughs> Just saying. Hi. And, uh, no, no. Some some big corporation, and they're coming in, and they're trying to get the food. They're trying to market and sell. You yeah. know, actually, you know, jokes aside, it could be a person from anywhere. But people who don't know the land don't know what it needs, right. and to swap out, you know, one for the other just doesn't make any sense. Well, and so that's a large part of of what you're bringing wow. back. And there's yeah. plenty of evidence that that when when Europeans and and now Americans come into to Africa to 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 bring, it's a bring disa- in our it's a our technology that it yeah. that it completely screws up what they've got going. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and this I mean this is fantastic. So so you've been able to kind of keep Monsanto at bay a little bit in the area by helping to, to finance this and let and let these people just do what they do. Is that, right? that might be a stretch, but yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like by supporting I local- feel like you're totally doing it by yourself. You've got your you're just holding them off with one hand and then dominating <laughs> with the other. Uh, <laughs> right. Um <laughs> I mean, they are the evil empire, but ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe take that out because I'll start getting notes from them or something or threats. But <laughs> okay. If you don't want the notes from them, we'll take it out. If you don't mind taking the dig, then we'll leave it in. We're, it's okay. up to you. Leave so, it in. You. But, you know, yeah. when, you start, when you start down that path with corporatized ag, you know, you're yeah. going to give up autonomy of your land. You're going to give up biodiversity. You're going to give up organic farming. You're going to give all that up. And, yeah. and, and you know, the driving force of that is profit. So when food yeah. and ag is commodified and financialized and monetized to the nth degree where there's no space for um, human rights, right? Yeah, for the yeah. right to everybody to have food, safe, clean, nutritional food, that goes to the wayside and it becomes purely a for-profit endeavor. Uh, well, and and that's also to, to, have, to have a sustainable farming system, like so... So much people don't really realize. I, 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 my, I say this on the show many times. I've come from a family of farmers, right? Um, but in every area, in every place, it's different. The soil is different. Yes. The food is different. The yeah. amount of water you have is different. Yeah. Uh, it's all. It's the all, climate, the air. Everything about absolutely. it is different, right? And yeah. so, and so, you have these areas where people have lived there for. I'll give you. You know, what? I'll give you an example, right? Okay. The best wine. When everyone talks about you have the best, oh, you have the best wine. Well, you're, gonna get, you're getting your best wine from places in, in, in France and Italy and in Spain. And like this is like the, the greatest wine in the world. And then you have other, you know, we try to do the same thing in California. In Australia, they're doing a lot of it. And like other places, they're trying to make wines. And the wines are, are good. Some of them are really good. Yeah. But people still want the best wine, which comes from that place. Right. And then you go, wow, why is it? Why is the wine so much better there? Yeah, okay, yeah, part of it is that what's there, right? It's, it's, it's the soil, it's the grapes, it's all like, but a big part of why the wine is better yeah. is because great-great-grandpa taught great-grandpa to do it this way, who taught great-grandpa to do it this way, who taught grandpa to do it this way, who taught, <laughs> who taught dad to do it this way, who taught kid to do it this way, yeah. or daughter down, or mom, right. great-grandma, great-grandma, that's not, I'm right. not going to, yeah. yeah. women do a lot of farming, so yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but like that's, you, you've got, it, it works and it's amazing because you have hundreds or thousands of years right. of practice at doing this right. exact thing in this exact place with this exact stuff. Right. And that applies right. in, in, in Africa. That applies in yeah. South America. That apply, applies everywhere. Yeah. People know how to work their land because they've been taught how to do it and they have generations of experience. Yeah. And when you come in with something that works somewhere else or something that's been corporatized, you screw it up. Yeah. yeah. There's it's, my diaphragm. There it, it is. It's true. 
true. It's true. And it's not like you can't have a public-private partnership or there aren't companies or technology that can help and enhance, right? Of course. But yeah. but when it's a for-profit endeavor and you have a large multinational corporation going into countries that are cash-strapped, you right. know, they're going to make deals with the devil, and oftentimes that deal is to have a corporatized ag system. It hasn't totally happened all over Africa. I will say that the right. northern region of Africa has been an amazing place to start an ag project. Yeah. Um, we now have almost 10,000 farmers, and wow. we have created an entire local food economy. That's uh, awesome. Vibrant food economy with, and not only women farmers, but now women have gotten into agribusness. Which yeah. is, is that a mirror? And you're just like looking at yourself? Do you know what? This is hilarious. You're what so sorry. Happening? So we've got this show. Jacob, you you come happening? on what is the most randomly. Like, the the I, technical I, problems on show, this day. Our show has technical problems. I won't lie to you. Yeah, and the we, audience will tell you. We have technical problems. But today has been hilarious. We've got somebody decided they're going to install a door or something outside. <laughs> right outside. Like, there's, like so there's drilling there. happening right now. And then Jacob's. Uh, yeah, Jacob's My mic stand my is failing. Stand. And so it's falling. And so Elise came over. She offered me like three times during the show. Can I come fix your mic stand? And I was like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. We can play this off. No one's going to know. But the whole time I've been balancing, (laughs) counterbalancing with my arm. And so that's been hilarious. (laughs) And then so Elise finally came over and the drill was happening and phone calls were happening. And you know what? You want to know who I blame? Noel. Because yeah. Noel this morning said, we're going to have a fantastic yeah. show today. And I'm like, he jinxed it. Karen, I literally did. I really did. I, I, was, like, I was like, Jacob, I have a feeling today is going to be your best show ever. I had a good feeling this morning. I did. I said that to him. And Jacob's like, oh, I think it's going to be my worst show ever. in his response. And it turns out. Turns out that Jacob is having a great show, but everything's going wrong around him. Okay. Yeah. It does feel like everything's No worries. I was just like, you were like kind of like this and kind of adjusting. And I'm like, is he like looking in a mirror and doing uh, this? He, he would. You know, I, mean, I mean, look, I'm the first to admit I would absolutely, if there was a mirror right here, I would be looking into it. And Noel knows that about me because yeah. we've worked together for 15 years and he uh, knows I'm incredibly vain. Yeah. But it is not the case. I was trying to make sure that the show didn't go off the rails technically because okay. subject wise it's wonderful it is terrific but All technically right. I am having a real Wednesday he's having a real Wednesday he's having a real Wednesday a but let's not that, let's not let that interrupt let's you are saying you have 10,000 farmers now in well I that, mean that, loans to farmers so I should I should probably it's probably not quite 10,000 but with women in agribusiness so we have women farmers who now uh, are selling their uh, harvest and their goods to yeah. women in agribusiness. So suppliers, distributors. I mean, I've been with like a couple of women who are so now powerful. They have these big trucks and all these guys and they're loading in, you know, huge swaths of food to take to South Sudan, to take around the rest of the country. But you have to feed your community first, right? So the markets yeah. are like vibrant and it's pretty amazing. I mean, I didn't have, I bring all these opportunities and ideas and I put them on the table and we talk about it. And then these women take it and run with it and create something that I couldn't have even imagined. That's That's so great. Well, look, so we're, we are, we are, uh, we're coming towards our end here, but I've got, before we go, I need to know how can, how can, uh, how can our audience and how can we, how can people help to support you? I had a 
million more stories. Can we do part two? I know. You, you know, we'll you have know what that you. means. We'll we're have gonna have a part two, That's and fine. we're gonna do it in person, either yes. in Venice or in Pasadena or yes. somewhere great. We're gonna get together in person because okay. now we have a policy on the show. Once you come on, you're a friend of the show. There's no turning back. Unless you're not. No. So we're on She's each other's Christmas lists. And well, you're a friend. No, but I mean, not everybody comes on the show as a friend of the show. Oh, that's yeah. true. I We've... hate that one guy. That one guy? <laughs> Which one? The... You know the one. We all know the one. Every single guest on the show that's available is like, wait, <laughs> is that me? <laughs> I'm joking. I don't hate anyone who came on the show. It was a total okay. joke. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, so, so we can be on each other's stories. Christmas lists and we can come, you know, yeah. you can come over. I love it. Okay, good. Yeah, right. so we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it again. We'll do. I we really. I really. Actually, I, I do. I want to go into a show where we, we can dig a little more, particularly into the the kind of what you've you've done with the agriculture in the yeah. area because that that yeah. really really jives with what we're we're talking about. We in our show. I would love that, and we I'd love to, to include that. Haiti in the in the conversation too, because yeah. I think that that is an island that used to feed itself, and and yeah. when I was there, literally no food, and you see trucks go by with big bags of rice. Chicken comes in from Miami. I'm like, this okay. doesn't make any sense. You so know, we're going to have the Haiti episode. Yeah. We're going to come back. We'll do it again. We'll go visit you in Venice, and then and we'll, we'll, talk we'll, about do, the we'll do the Haiti episode. That'll be great. But please, how can, like, we, how how can, can we support you? How can help? we help you? Because it seems like you're doing great things with the money that you have. And if you had more, conceivably, you should be able to help more women yeah. become empowered, right? I mean, yes. it really is. We are a lean, small grassroots organization. I have no infrastructure in the United States. I use yeah. interns from different universities to help me. Um, and it's just me. Because yeah. I know when people donate, they don't want it to go to my car or paying insurance or a building. Right. You know, it's to go to the, you know, the community where they want to help. Well, and what, what percentage of the of the donations are actually going into what helps them? Let's let's let's. Well, I let's, will say that is kind of a false premise. So try not to pay too much attention to that when you're giving, because I teach okay. philanthropy and ethics. So okay, well, here you know, we go, Professor Sugar. Conversations <laughs> that, but um, uh, like ninety two percent of our money goes to programs. Fantastic. Well, I mean, it might mean nothing, but it sounds like a lot. Yeah. I mean, we have an all Ugandan staff, and it's probably actually going to be increasing because we haven't had any events for a year and a half. So, yeah. you know, those are the kind of things that create admin costs. Um, yeah, sure. But, you sure. know, our 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 wonderful team in Uganda is they are amazing young Ugandans who wanted a chance to work in their community, and they work really hard. And I'm very happy. To that I can continue to pay them. Right. But I will tell you, and that we can continue to loan out money. Um, you know, our literacy program, we've had to cut back on that, which is really a tragedy. Yeah. Um, give someone a microcredit loan. If they can't read or write, they're going to hit a wall really fast with that. Of course, sure. But when someone can read or write, even at a basic level, their whole world opens up. Yeah. And, yeah. And so we want to continue with these other programs that are all free. Yeah. Uh, no one pays any fees. No one pays for other things. Um, and so... You know, I it's been a tough couple of years, and I think yeah. our work is really, really important. And if you are inspired and you want to get involved and you feel a connection, um, this is a great organization to support. And so I would love for you to go to our website, wgefund.org, and um, you know, make a donation of any of any amount. It all helps. I mean, we all heard how, how far a dollar stretches, yeah, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. that's 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 fit. So wgefund.org. Right. Yes. We'll link it on the episode, and uh, 
we just are thr- so thrilled that you came on the show today. Uh, and honestly, we loved you as a guest and, and apologize for the sound and the mic stands and all the things that are that were going crazy. But honestly, we learned so much about the amazing work that the the Women's Global Empowerment Fund is doing. See, I nailed it again. Um, and uh, uh, we're excited to just get to know you more, your organization more, help however we can, and make sure that we're sending people to your site to uh, to get involved because uh, it really does make a difference. You've heard it right here. So. Yeah. Thank Great. You. And, and you know, there are other ways to get involved too. So always reach out to me. Question. Okay. Okay. So they can contact you through going to the site, checking things out, contact, see what they can do. And there's, you know, there's stuff in there that says ways you can get involved on the site, I believe. Right. So. I really appreciate this opportunity, you guys. Oh, I feel absolutely. like we didn't talk about the environment enough because it's just such a huge You, you know thing. what? This was the intro. This was the get, getting this to is, know you. This is getting to getting know to, we'll, we'll you. Do, yeah, we'll, 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 go, we'll go hard on the environment next time. We'll do, yeah, yeah we'll, so it'll, be, it'll be epic. It'll be epic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we usually do a little sign-off kind of wrap-up over here, so you're welcome to exit the Zoom, and then I'll reach out to you afterwards, and the episode will come up at the end of this week. Okay. So, uh, oh my so, god! Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah so, all right. Bye, you guys. Bye. Take, take care. Bye, care. Bye, bye. That was so great. Yeah. I'm gonna go cry though with all the technical problems. We <laughs> I don't think anyone noticed. <laughs> Other than Jacob just being like this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I'm a usually, usually happy-go-lucky guy. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know I have a lot of fun. I laugh. I contribute. This time, I got an ulcer. I was yes. the whole time. I was like, why is everything failing? Why is there a guy drilling outside that doesn't ever happen? Anyway, Karen was lovely, and I do want to have her come back. And I'm so glad that uh, she was able to share about what her organization is doing. But anyway, yeah, yeah, she was great. She it was, was great, great to have her. She, she you know, it's, yeah. too, it's too bad we gave her the worst show in her history. <laughs> That's not true. It's not true. Technically, on the technical side, definitely a real rough one. Yeah, although yeah. I again I don't think anyone noticed. Okay. <laughs> You're half joking, was, but yeah. we're we're you know I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. What we're doing actually is really shedding this is a classic biofriendly podcast move. We're pointing at the mistake. Yeah. Because that's what we do, right? Yeah. Like most we're not people, ignoring it. Yeah, we're not ignoring <laughs> it. We're not like the, the the thing I love about this show is most people have the thing and you'd be like, Did that was that was that weird? On yeah, this show it was. you will never <laughs> wonder. If there was something that messed up, we will talk about yeah, it, yeah. right? It definitely messed up. Because <laughs> we're all silently thinking wonder. about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> don't wonder. It happened. Yeah. I love up. that the perspective of during the interview, she thought in her mind that there was a mirror here and yeah. I was just totally checking myself. Yeah. <laughs> just like she's talking about women in Uganda and poverty and, and strife. Like, and I'm just like, I'm great. wow, I look gorgeous today. <laughs> I mean, it's not that far off, but, but she doesn't know that. No. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, any, any closing up points before we give our tags and head on out of here? Is there anything else that we wanted to touch on? How, how are you doing? <laughs> Living the dream, Jacob. How are you doing, Elise? I'm amazing. <laughs> oh, amazing. Living yeah. the dream. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, our technical speech was was the was the rapper. That was that was it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, well, we are your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Carefully avoiding neonicotinoids. Uh, we are the Siegfried and Roy and Meryl Streep of podcasts. This show is a joke. Don't never believe. Never believe. Never believe. Step one: chill out. Spilling the teeth since 2019. Technically flawless.
No, we did have a new one. We had a new one that we said last weekend was awesome. We all you we unanimously loved it on the air conditioning uh-huh. one. And do we remember it? No. But then it's, it's now technically, technically? flawless. <laughs> All right. If you can remember that one next time, then, <laughs> then we're doing sticks. technically, then it sticks. It's technically flawless. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys, thanks so much for joining us. The Buyer Friendly Podcast. Make sure to tell your friends, send up these, uh, these episodes, uh, link them, post them on your social medias. Tell Be your like, mother. yeah, tell your mom. Tell your mom. The listen to the show. She can find out about how we're empowering women in Uganda. Say yes. hi to your mother for me. And uh, yeah, just, uh, just uh, keep, keep, keep on keeping on, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, go to W. G-E fund? Yes, W-G-E fund. Dot org. Dot org. Do that. Cheerio. Bye. It's the Bio-Friendly Podcast. It's the Bio-Friendly Podcast.